Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. This is Michael Hunter. You can find me at Pecon36 on Twitter. This is episode number 50, the Big Five Zero. So I've been doing this for a l- about a year. I think I started the. F- I think I did the first one on January 2nd or 3rd, 2018. So 50 episodes in 52 weeks. I think that's pretty good. That's better than I expected, I think. I, you know, I thought I would get a little bit lazy and maybe do one every two weeks. Maybe, do, you know, I didn't know if I'd do them in the off season. But uh, I think we're doing well. Uh, the numbers are imp- are impressive. I, I like the growth, the steady growth. I haven't sold my soul for growth. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I'm saying exactly what I want to say. I'm going to do 50 more in 2019. I hope you guys enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to see things happen that, that I wanted to see. Okay. Brought on Charlie Monolakis this week, uh, who was just a fan that wanted wanted to contribute. So now he's contributing. Took me 45 minutes to hire him, basically. Got his number, got a writing sample, looked it over, looked good. Uh, needed, needed some work on the editing, you know, a little, little bit of this, a little bit of that, some grammar, which, hey, I'm no fucking English major myself. So... You know, it's funny how you can't you can't uh, edit your own work, but you can edit other people's work. It's really interesting. But uh, <clears throat> so I'm getting into that. He's going to provi- be providing a bunch of content for accbasketballreport.com. Okay. Um, as always, check out slapassign.com. I did the recap for yesterday, so go get me paid on that. And I've got a story on Rex Fluger coming out today, which should already be out. I have not checked to see if it's out yet. So definitely go check that out. Some big news regarding Rex Fluger and his Notre Dame career. So what do we talk about today? Well, we talk about only the ACC games, okay? Okay, I didn't talk about Georgia Tech Upstate. I didn't talk about, uh, what was it, Florida, Cor- uh, Florida State Cornell or whoever Cornell played this week. I, I didn't talk about any of those games. Went strictly ACC. I had enough comment, uh, enough content, okay, to fill 45 minutes. So I left all of that other garbage off to the side. I think we had a, a really good weekend yesterday as far as, um, uh, you know, ACC play. Six games on Saturday, one more coming today. I, I'm trying to think... Georgia Tech was a home game that won. Um, Notre Dame lost at home. Pittsburgh lost at home. So it was kind of a kind of a split weekend as far as performances. Um, Virginia holds court. North Carolina destroys Pitt. I'm going to talk about all this stuff today. Got some recruiting news. Got well some transfer news. Some injury news. Some guys still out. Some guys that that came back. Uh, what else? And then, you know, some Rex Fluger news. I go with ACC BR Player of the Week. We didn't do the stock watch today. I keep, why do I say we? I didn't do the stock watch today because I still don't know. There's things that I don't know that I hate to comment on. I did it a lot last year. I commented on things and whatever I commented on immediately turned around. It's the ACC BR curse. So, no stock watch today. I did preview today's game, which is Miami at Louisville. And... What else? Yeah, give Charlie a follow on Twitter. Um, I think it's cmonolakis8 at, uh, at, well, not at anywhere. It's at cmonolakis8. So give Charlie a follow. Go to accbasketballreport.com. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That's three and a half minutes of me just babbling and not making any sense. I am Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report.
This is ACC Basketball Report episode number 50. Good show for you guys today. Um, Going to jump right in. Yesterday was the first, I guess, the, the big day for ACC Basketball. A loaded Saturday. We had six games yesterday. Uh, Going to jump right in with some news, injuries, transfers, things of that nature real quick. Uh, probably the biggest news of the day as far as any of this stuff goes was yesterday Rex Fluger, who is a senior uh, guard slash swingman for Notre Dame, <clears throat> announced that, that he'll be enrolling in graduate school at Notre Dame and he'll actually be returning for a fifth season next year. So that's big news for Notre Dame. Uh, they were going to return basically everybody from the rotation from this year's squad and they're going to be able to get those freshmen some some experience this year and then I think TJ Gibbs is probably having a season that's not going to see him declare I think John Mooney is what you know he's having a really good year and he's a really good player but uh, he'll be back for his senior season next year so they will have their full complement of of players next season and while they may be underachieving a little bit this year they are probably going to be a top top six or seven squad for next year, I think, is pretty safe to say. I think these freshmen are talented, and then you're going to see them be able to get back into that Mike Bray school of thinking, the, the, the get old, stay old type mantra, the way he likes to build his program. Um, so, yeah, big news. They, they were planning on going the grad transfer route anyway, is what Bray said yesterday which should signal to some people that they don't think that they're in the market for the Trey Mitchell kid anymore, which I thought was a foregone conclusion at one point uh, over over the past recruiting period. So certainly, uh, you know, some people should take notice, especially maybe Georgia Tech fans, as well as some other programs. Um, Pitt transfer Shamil Stevenson has transferred to Nevada. He left the program shortly uh, before the semester ended at, at Pittsburgh, I, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Not going to waste too much time on it um, today. MJ Walker and Stephen Mitchell both returned yesterday from injury. Uh, Mitchell was getting some work done on that quad during the game yesterday, but did play. Uh, MJ Walker was kind of a surprise that that knee injury that he sustained. Never saw anything about it on Twitter. Just that he was injured. And and Florida State Hoops played that really close to the vest. And then he was back into the game yesterday. Uh, Jose Alvarado showed no signs of being hobbled like he was in the USC Upstate game yesterday. In the, uh, in the contest in Atlanta against Wake Forest. He had a pretty good game. Winston Tabs is the outlier. Uh, he missed yesterday's game against Virginia Tech with that leg injury. I'm not sure when he's going to be back. But Boston College is noticeably different with him not on the court. He is 
tremendous. He's dynamic for a freshman, and he complements Kai Bowman very well. Uh, they do have Brandon Chapman back. I'm sorry, Jordan Chapman back, who had been out uh, a few games, but he's been back for a couple games now. Uh, and some transfer, some more transfer news. USC transfer Jordan Usher, who is a six-seven wing, averages about nine points and four rebounds a game. I think shot about forty percent from three as a freshman last year. Uh, left USC a couple weeks ago. He was at the Georgia Tech game yesterday. He attended Wheeler High School, which is you know a, a famous program around the Atlanta area. Um, word is that he is just waiting on clearance from the Hill so he can enroll. The semester actually starts at Georgia Tech tomorrow. He would be eligible to play after the first semester next year and then have the entire 2020-21 season to be eligible <clears throat> For the Yellow Jackets after that. Uh, Sterling Manley missed his second straight game yesterday with knee soreness. Um, I thought maybe it could be precautionary. Um, they obviously did not need him yesterday against Pittsburgh. And they were fine in the front court as far as rebounding the ball, uh, protecting the rim, things like that. And probably the biggest news of the week is that uh, Dewan Hernandez has been deemed ineligible after losing his appeal with the NCAA, which essentially ends his uh, his collegiate career. You know, I have some thoughts on that. You can I put a, a post up on ACC Basketball Report the other day, and uh, you know, go go over there, check that out. I'm not going to go over that too much. It's a huge loss for Miami. Uh, certainly thins out their front court even more with the loss of Dengak. You know, I, I said a couple weeks ago. I think I've said it probably a few times at this point. I did not expect Hernandez to be back. I thought that Miami probably found something because they're not playing him. But Louisville is still playing a player on their team that has been named in that same document. And I think Mississippi State had a player named in that as well. But uh, basically what it is is Hernandez was under con had a contract with Christian Dawkins, who was recently found guilty in the FBI case, um, to receive a certain amount of money over certain months of his career. And then, depending on whether or not he declared for the draft this past season or not, he would he would be required to pay the money back. So, I don't know the specifics. What I put up on ACCBasketballReport.com is a little bit more in-depth than that. And it has some links to the original stories and things like that nature. So, uh, you know, go to ACC Basketball Report, check it out. Let's, uh, let's jump right into the week in review because what I'm really interested in is talking about the games. Some interesting things happened this week. You know, we started on Tuesday night, Virginia Tech um, in Blacksburg against Notre Dame. The Hokies get the win, 81-66. Kerry Blackshear goes for 21-7. NAW and Hill and uh, Ahmed Hill combined for 34 points on 14 of 16 shooting. Okay, VPI shoots 60% from the field, 61% from deep. Prentice Hub, DJ Harvey combined to go one for 13 from behind the, th the three-point line. You know, it, it, I'm going to touch on Prentice Hub here in a minute, but this game, it, you know, Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech was basically ahead the entire game. They would get up 8 to 12 points, and then Notre Dame would push it back down to 4, 3, 2, and then they'd stall, and Virginia Tech would push it back up to 10. And eventually they just closed them out. Uh, Notre Dame just they, – they didn't get gassed, but they just – they just ran out of comebacks. You know what I mean? Kind of something along those lines. And I was pretty impressed with Virginia Tech. Notre Dame was a team that I thought could dance. And with a very soft bubble this year, 
Um, I thought that the ACC could get nine or ten teams. I think right now it's probably going to be nine, and I think uh, Notre Dame's probably going to be the first team out. They just, you know, the injuries, the inexperience, they they haven't gotten a, a good play from from their peripheral players, I guess is the best way to put it. Juwan Durham has been fantastic for them, but... You know, some of their other players just haven't haven't lived up to the billing. And I'm going to touch on that here in just a minute. But uh, North Carolina State on Thursday night <clears throat> goes down to Coral Gables and and beats Miami 87-82. You know, this was a game really Miami should have won. Uh, Markel Johnson came off the bench. He only played 23 minutes. Uh, but he did score 20 points, five assists, four rebounds, a couple of huge triples in the, uh, late in the second half, and a layup down the stretch on a nice drive to the hoop. It, you know, made his free throws. Chris Likes was absolutely phenomenal in this game. He set a new career high with 28 points. Zach Johnson had 21. You know, Miami, like I said, had this game won. They were they were leading most of the way. They just you could see that they were completely gassed. At the end of the game, uh, they only have seven available scholarship players, I believe. Uh, Sam Wardenberg was in foul trouble. He only played 15 minutes in this game, and I think he had four or five fouls. I can't remember if he fouled that or not. NC State absolutely killed the Hurricanes on the glass, 51-29. to 29. They had 18 offensive rebounds. And basically what it did was, you know, the Wolfpack just, they just wore Miami down. And I think this is going to be a common theme for Miami throughout the season because they don't have anybody else coming in. Okay, there, there's no transfer that's being el- that's being eligible in the second semester. There's nobody coming back from injury. Okay, there's nobody coming back from suspension. Dengak is gone for the year. Dewan Hernandez is gone forever at this point. And it, the longer the season goes, the the more fatigued they're going to get, and they're going to struggle against teams with big guards they're going to struggle with teams with athletic guards you know Zach Johnson and Chris Likes for for as great as they are on the offensive end and Chris Likes is a tremendous offensive point guard for not even completely disregarding his size he could be 5'6 he could be 6'5 okay he is phenomenal in, in pick and roll situations in breakdowns off the dribble in the fast break situations in in a half court set he's phenomenal regardless of size and the the one i think drawback is on the defensive end he's going to run into you know he's going to run into rj barrett okay he's going to run into shelton mitchell okay he's going to run into to ty jerome who's six foot five um kobe white who's six foot five and these are going to be problems for miami all throughout the season and their lack of depth is is going to be is going to be a real problem. It's one of the reasons why I moved them down to fourteen. I think they're going to cover a lot of spreads. I think they're going to keep games close simply because of their ability to shoot the ball, but their inability to rebound and their inability to probably defend teams with bigger backcourts is really going to hamper them throughout the season. Moving into Saturday's games. Uh, Wake Forest went down to Atlanta and performed about as well as we all expected. They lose 92-79. to Georgia Tech puts up 92 points, which I think is the most points put up by a Josh Pastner team in Atlanta since he's been there. I believe that's the case. I do not have that written down, but I think I did read that. James Banks was absolutely tremendous yesterday. Uh, follow dunks, alley-oop dunks, rebound and dunks. He had the right little baby hook going. <clears throat> He was distributing from the top of the key. He, he was playing the Ben Lammers role. Uh, he had 20 points, only four rebounds, but 
I, I'm, that's fine. In the context of the game, if you watch the game, you you wouldn't. It wasn't noticeable that James Banks wasn't rebounding the ball because Georgia Tech was rebounding as a team. I think they ended up being, I think it ended up being pretty even actually for the game. He also had three blocks. Uh, Brandon Childress, who I think I was the only guy coming into the season that that thought that Brandon Childress was a player, and he had 28 points for for the Demon Deacons. He had seven threes on 10 attempts, uh, a few of which were deep. In desperation time. He was pulling up from the logo and, and shooting it like he was shooting free throws. And he was just drilling him. I think he probably hit two or three. One was a leaner. The other one was on the elbow, I believe, where he pulled up from about six or seven feet past the arc. And the other one was straight away from the GTAC logo in the McCamish Pavilion. It was it was impressive. I was impressed with him all day. He was basically the only one that really did anything for Wake Forest. You know, Jalen Horde had moments. Okay, he had 18 and 7, I believe. But, uh, you know, Isaiah Musius didn't do anything. Um, and uh, Chondi Brown uh, really just... It, it was really strange because I'm a big Chondi Brown fan. Anybody who paid attention to the, to the podcast last year knows this. He just uh, he he plays really hard, but he it's like he he's got a he's got an attitude problem. Maybe I, I don't know that for sure. Just maybe it's just the fire he plays with on the court. Maybe he's just struggling from the field. I don't know, but he's he's a top forty kid that went to Winston Salem that just you know hasn't really performed. I thought he was going to be a key piece for Wake Forest this year, though I didn't think Wake Forest was going to be any good. I, I thought that he could he could develop. He has not been developed. I don't think he's been coached up. He's the same player that he was when he arrived in Winston Salem, which I think is kind of a common thread uh, among players that that have that have gone to play for Danny Manning. Uh, you know, Georgia Tech. Back to the game, I guess. Now that I'm done on that tangent, uh, Georgia Tech put up that defense on display. You know, top ten probably defense in the country. Eleven live ball turnovers, which are steals, and eight blocks. Mike DeVoe, Jose Alvarado combined to provide 29 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds. They go 11 for 14 from the line and only had two turnovers in the game. You know, Wake Forest it, it has never been a good defensive team under Manning, and they weren't really a good defensive team under Budge Zellick either. They fall to four and 33 in ACC road games during the Manning era. You know, this team just doesn't do anything particularly well. I, I don't know what they're really trying to run on offense. You know, there were times where, you know, a lot of times Childress comes down, Jacks one up, uh, one pass, three, throw it to Horde on the post and let him try to make something work while everybody else stands around. You know, they only had 10 assists on 27 field goals yesterday. And, you know, I, I spoke about the... the the contract situation that they have with Manning on, on a, a show either last week or the week before, it's going to be very interesting to see what, what uh, Ron Wellman does in Winston-Salem to, to put this this suffering in his rear view. And, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting offseason in Winston-Salem. Uh, another game yesterday, the late game, 8 o'clock game, Clemson goes to Cameron Indoor. They fall 68-87, to and the game wasn't really that close. This game was 40-33 to at the half, okay? 40 to 33 at the half. I swapped over to something. I can't remember what I can't remember what it was. I think I was having problems with the ESPN um, app yesterday, so I missed about the first minute and a half of the second half. And three minutes into the second half, it was 52 to 33, and Duke was up 19, and they just weren't looking back. Uh, Zion Williamson had 25 points, including an amazing um, uh, 360 tomahawk. 
early in the second half. He also had a nice follow dunk on a fast break in the first half. But this this 360 that he threw down in the second half was it looked effortless. Like he got up off the floor. You ever see? Uh, you ever watch Family Guy and you see uh, Peter Griffin dancing on his twinkle toes like across the living room and shit? It looked like that. Just a big man, light on his feet, and the way he got up off the ground and he just kind of hung there, you know, angelic almost at the rim, and and the power in which he kind of exploded with towards the rim after that was was unreal um he is he's a fucking freaking nature i i think the story for duke here in this game was jack white and marcus bolden who combined to go 23 points 9 to 16 shooting zion and cam reddish uh both had first half foul trouble and duke was able to bring in bring in white and bolden and never really miss a beat with those performances jack white just kept hitting threes i don't know how many he had four or five probably but you know follow dunks uh, Marcus Bolden was, was good around the rim. White was hitting short corner threes, threes from the elbow. I, I think he had a dunk at one point, it, a big dunk right before the half, maybe. It, it just, Duke, this was a dominating performance by Duke at home. Amir Sims goes one for 11 for Clemson, who turns the ball over 18 times. Okay. Marquise Reed was solid. Okay. If unspectacular, four for eight from the field. He had 15 points, eight assists. Didn't get much help. Eli Thomas had 14 points and four rebounds, but he also had five turnovers and four fouls. So probably probably in the negative on that for for Eli Thomas, which I'm still a believer in Clemson. Uh, I think Reed has come back and and played pretty well, even though he's wearing a basically a fuselage on his on his left leg. But he, he seems to be moving around pretty well. He seems to be confident on that leg. And if he's confident on that leg, then I'm confident in Clemson's ability to make the uh, make the tournament. I also thought, uh, of note, I also thought that Clyde Trapp played pretty well, especially in the first half for Clemson yesterday. Uh, hit a three. Uh, had a, a real nice drive to the hoop. He, he's a nice bench spark plug type player for Clemson. Um you know, Cam Reddish didn't play particularly well. They had an interesting conversation. Of course, it was Dickie V last night, which, man, I remember growing up, <clears throat> this guy, he was college basketball, okay? He he was exciting, okay? I remember watching ACC Saturdays with Dick Vitale and, I believe, Mike Patrick. And just, he, he, he he's so far gone now. Um, the only thing he cares about, it seems... Is is Kentucky and Duke and Rick Pitino, and it, it's 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 sad because you know at one end of the spectrum. I feel bad that I, I sometimes bang on Dick Vitale compared to Bill Walton, who people say that Bill Walton's a national treasure. I think he's annoying. I really do. I just I I, I mean he's out there having a good time. He's all smiles. Great. More power to him. I wish I was like that, but. He just says outrageous. I mean, he's he's white Stephen A. Smith. He just says outrageous things, just to to get a rise out of people. I think the the insight that he offers is counterproductive to people that are trying to actually be informed. I guess is the way I want to put that. You know, Dick Vitale, I think is is just kind of worn out. Where Bill Walton is just outrageous. And I think two ends of the spectrum. I feel bad because Dickie V used to be. I've been hot and cold on Dickie V for twenty years, but um, 
you know, it's too bad what he's become. I mean, this whole being a shill for, for Rick Pitino is just, and he did it on the air last night. He's basically selling his book and trying to get Rick Pitino his next job. And it's too bad because Rick Pitino's a scumbag. We all know Rick Pitino's a scumbag. You know, whether it be a morality issue or a recruiting issue or, or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, there's examples to support both. He's just not a good guy. You know, and this whole, you know, his, his Twitter thing, the, the pit widows, the, he's just slimy. Okay. And to have an icon of college basketball and Dick Vitale constantly on, on Periscope and on Twitter and on ESPN's airwaves, you know, just, just trying to prop him up is absolutely ridiculous. And and I think Dick's better than that, but uh, apparently that's, uh, that's, that's up to him and that's what he wants to do. Uh, moving into the team that received my number one vote in the country in the Rock and Top 25 poll this week, Virginia. Uh, Florida State traveled to Charlottesville and fell very hard to the Cavaliers, uh, 65 to 52. This game was also not very close. The 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 big win for Florida State is they weren't. Um, how do I want to say this? Floor cat. Okay, they didn't wear those awful, awful uniforms that they've been trying out, where they look like Marquette had a had a, a baby with Harvard. Okay, um, when they wear those, they are floor cat from now on. It, it's what an ugly look. Thankfully, they didn't wear those yesterday. Kyle Guy had 18 points in the first half, four for four from deep. Uh, the Cavs are up 19 at the half. No one for Florida State scored double digits, and only Fee Cabangeli had more than four rebounds. Okay, Braxton Key had 20 off the bench for Virginia, played probably his best game for the Cavaliers. Um, Florida State, 6 of 23 from 3, 16 of 27 from the line. Okay, Virginia goes 7 of 16 from deep and 16 of 18 from the line. And I watched the first half and probably three or four minutes of the second half, and this game was done. I was I was done with And more importantly, I was done with this game. I... Uh, <clears throat> Went on to other things, basically, is what that boils down to. Uh, Virginia Tech 77, Boston College 66. This was in Blacksburg as well. Uh, NAW with 25, and he was just, he was unbelievable yesterday. Boston College put different guys on him. Nobody could stay in front of him. Uh, BC did lead at the half. Kerry Blackshear, ready for this, had two fouls in the first half. Ahmed Hill was one for six. He ended one for nine. Go figure. Big game at home. Ahmed Hill disappears. Color me shocked. Now, Blackshear came alive in the second half. He had two and one plays where he made the free throws in the first, I don't know, six, seven, eight minutes of the second half. Uh, Justin Robinson got some baskets in transition, which the way that Justin Robinson was able to avoid contact and finish on the on a couple of those fast breaks yesterday was pretty incredible he is he's a he's on the way he's able to go full speed and kind of contort his body to get the layup up on the rim is is maybe kobe white-esque okay the only other player in the league i've seen do that is kobe white and he he had a really good second half yesterday again naw was fantastic all afternoon um, Virginia Tech now 2-0 in the ACC, averaging about 79 points per game while only giving up 66 in two games. That's against 
Notre Dame and Boston College, which may not be two powerhouse teams, but Boston College can score. Okay, Jim Christian's teams can typically score. And, you know, Notre Dame has struggled from the field, so the 66 isn't really surprising there. But Virginia Tech is, is living up to the hype. Okay. Um, one interesting thing I did see yesterday, and this is going back a little bit, is people a lot of people bagging on Josh Passner. A lot of people think that Buzz Williams is probably gone for Virginia Tech. Those two guys have both won more ACC games in their first two years than than anybody else in the ACC, in the history of the ACC. That includes Coach K. And I thought that was a very interesting stat. Uh, Actually, Passner actually leads the way with 14 wins in his first two seasons in the ACC. So, I don't know why I threw that in there, but just that, you know, I think that People are under the in the impression that the ACC is kind of down as far as coaching, especially with the the hires that the SEC has made in recent years, and that's just not the case. I think a lot of these programs were just really way far down when some of these guys took over. I think the ACC was pretty top heavy for a long time, and now what you're seeing is some of these middle of the road teams are, are getting a lot better and they're hiring better coaches. Uh, back to yesterday's games. Man, I was really looking forward to UNC going to Pittsburgh. <clears throat> let me let me tell you something. I of all the sports commentators that I hate listening to, Dan Bonner is number one. And you combine that with that fucking cow who sits right behind the scorers table at the Peterson Events Center in Pittsburgh. And th- I, I watched the first half, guys. I, I you know I tried to. I hate to comment on games that I haven't watched. I watched the first half, and to listen to that fucking dumb bitch go, ah, for for 20 minutes in the first half, just, it it was as annoying for 20 minutes as that second and a half was that I just did in that microphone. I couldn't watch the second half. Can you imagine being just, I guess, what's the... Sentenced. Okay, that's my personal hell. If I die and go to hell, it's going to be that for eternity. That woman making that noise into that microphone drives me crazy. And then you got Dan Bonner chiming in with, geez, if Pittsburgh wants to win this game, they're going to have to score more points than North Carolina. Thanks, Dan. Dynamite drop in. Appreciate you, buddy. And these are the guys that are employed to do sports instead of me, unfortunately. But anyway, back to the game. Uh, this game was 15-14 to 14 at the 12-minute mark. And then it was 45 to 23 at the half. Um, I'm not sure, you know, what what happened other than Pittsburgh just couldn't score. And uh, Cam Johnson starts hitting threes, which, by the way, Pittsburgh fans out there booing Cam Johnson. Okay, He gets 15 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Had a really good first half. Um, Luke May with a double-double, 17-11. Kobe White had 22. But back to Pittsburgh fans, why are you booing? Why are you booing Cam Johnson? Okay, don't hire Kevin Stallings. Don't fire Jamie Dixon. That kid probably stays. Okay, you know who you guys should boo? Each other. Why? Because that dumb cow is still making that noise over in the student section, and you guys ran Jamie Dixon out of town and then hired Kevin Stallings. Okay, the only people to blame for Cam Johnson graduating early and leaving are you guys. Okay, boo yourselves. Kid scored 600 points at Pittsburgh. And you guys, you know, ran his coach out of town and hired Kevin Stallings, who is notorious for being unlikable and hard on his players. Okay? Um, Pitt shoots 2 of 19 from deep. Xavier Johnson only played 11 minutes in this game, which I, I thought he was on the court 
late in the first half, and I and I think it was somebody else, and then you never saw him again. And I haven't seen anything about an injury. I, I didn't, you know, again, they may have said something during the broadcast, but I didn't watch the second half. I just couldn't take it anymore. And if, if he is indeed hurt, which I'm not saying he is, I, you know, uh, Capel may have just not been impressed with his play. I think he turned the ball over right before he left. And he may it may have been a teaching moment for Jeff Capel, but you know by by the end of the half, like I said, they were down twenty two. So Capel may have seen the writing on the wall and just held him out as, as kind of a you need to get your shit together moment. And I, I think that's probably more likely because Pittsburgh fans are pretty active on Twitter. And if he had gotten injured, you, you would have seen something. It's not like uh, Boston College. Florida State, Notre Dame, those guys play it very tight to the vest. And for me to find some stuff on some of these programs is very difficult. It's also very difficult for me to find things on Clemson because they still have me blocked on Twitter, which is just complete lunacy. Um, Pittsburgh has now lost 23 consecutive ACC games. Uh, That streak could get to 31. Pittsburgh has one of the more brutal ACC uh, uh, slates for the 2018-19 season. Uh, they travel to Wake Forest on February 5th, which I think is probably their their best opportunity for their next win, which means the next 30 days are going to be pretty rough for Panthers fans. But listen to their schedule until that February 5th tilt with, with Wake Forest. They get Louisville at home. They go to North Carolina State. They get Florida State at home. They go at Syracuse, Duke at home, at Louisville, at Clemson, Syracuse at home. There, there's not one game right there where they're going to be, I would say, within a ten point dog. Uh, it's all double digit dogs on that on that line. Maybe, maybe they get seven and a half, eight against Clemson at home and Louisville at home. No, they don't get Clemson at home. So Louisville at home, they might get seven and a half, eight. Uh, on the road to Clemson, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe Syracuse at home because Syracuse kind of struggles offensively. But there's definitely not a game they're going to be favored in. There's definitely not a game that they're going to be within a five-point dog. It, it's going to be, you know, I thought Pittsburgh was going to be better this year. But that just meant, uh, you know, I, I know this sounds like I'm backtracking, but sometimes I'm not as articulate as I like to think and people don't understand kind of what I'm saying. The product on the floor for Pittsburgh is going to be better. I didn't think they were going to go out and win nine ACC games. Okay, They're going to be competitive. They're going to cover some spreads, I think. And I think the product on the floor, Xavier Johnson is actually getting looks from NBA scouts right now. I don't think he's there. I think he's got at least one more year. But, you know, Trey McGowan's had 18 points, 17 points yesterday. Looked pretty good. Okay, Um, Jared Wilson frame looked terrible yesterday. One for eight, I think. But I, I think that they... They're there. They're getting there. Okay. In two years, this if these guys all stay, you know, Wilson Frame will obviously be gone. But Tony, uh, McGowan's, Xavier Johnson, if these guys all stay and, and Capel finds a big man, these guys are going to be good. These guys are already good. I just don't think they know how to win yet. And they probably need another shooter. Okay. Some guy, a knockdown type guy. And they need a guy who can protect the rim and, and clean the glass. So. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh's not going to be a tournament team. They're not going to be an IT team. They're not going to be a CBI, CIT. They're not going to be any of that. Okay, no no postseason for Pittsburgh. Not with that schedule. Um, you know, if they played Wake twice and Notre Dame twice and, you know, Georgia Tech twice, if the, Boston College twice, if, if the schedule lined up like that, they might have the ACC wins to get in the NIT. But that schedule is just absolutely brutal. 
Uh, last game from yesterday, Syracuse goes to Notre Dame. They get the win, 72-62. to Notre Dame falls to 0-2 in league play. Elijah Hughes hits six triples for Syracuse. Temple Gibbs hits six triples for the Irish. He had four in the first half. Notre Dame actually came out. They were up 20-10, to and then they just went ice cold. Uh, Syracuse got back into it. And from then it was kind of it was kind of you know jab punch and, and you know punch, you know stick and move stick and move all game kind of back and forth. Notre Dame could never really get over the hump. Tyus Battle or Shea Brissett also played well for Syracuse. Um, Syracuse able to win despite losing both Merrick Dolaja and Pascal Chukwu to fouls, and they only shot five free throws total the entire game. I don't think they shot a free throw until the last six or seven minutes of the game. Uh, that trio of Battle, Brissett, and Hughes combined to go 22 of 47 from the field. They scored 58 points and only had four turnovers. Uh, for Notre Dame, John Mooney did log his seventh double-double, which leads the ACC with a 14-14 and 14 game. Temple Gibbs had 18 points on all six threes, had no twos in the game. Prentice Hub, again, struggled uh, for the Irish. He was 0 for 4. All four attempts were triples, which I, I said on, a, on an article... I did the recap yesterday for Chase, which Chase is just so much better at it than I am. Um, I was trying to watch the G-Tech game. I was actually trying to get the Notre Dame recap out before the Georgia Tech game came on, so I was kind of writing it during the game. And I actually had to send JP, my editor, an email uh, right after I submitted it. said, hey, I think I forgot to actually put the score down on, on that recap. So, you know, my bad on that recap yesterday. You know, I'm a, I'm a G-Tech fan first, unfortunately, but uh, I, I love my job at Slapasan, and you know, if again, I've said it in the past, if I wasn't a Georgia Tech fan, I'd be a Notre Dame fan. <clears throat> um, but back to Prentice Hub, I just I got to see him going to the hoop more, get to the line, get it, get a layup, get get something going to the basket. You know, right now on you know in 15 games on the season, he's shooting 27.6 percent from the field. Okay, 19 percent from behind the arc. And 59% from the stripe. So he's just, his confidence has fallen through the basement. Um, you know, he, he's just, he's got to get some layups. Got to get to the line. Got to see that ball fall through the hoop. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over, but Notre Dame really needs him to score. Okay, they really need him to shoot. They really need him to spread the floor so they can work that ball into Juwan Durham, uh, to John Mooney, and to the high post, and, and create some space You know, in the, in the half court. Because they're going to run half court. They run pick and roll situations. And what they're going to do is defenses are going to start going under those pick and rolls and, and sagging into the lane, clogging things up. And, and John Mooney and, and Juwan Durham aren't going to be able to go to work. You know, um, Nate Lazuski has been okay for Notre Dame. Um Certainly not spectacular, but again, this is these are the guys that next year. This is why I'm excited for Fluger to come back next year. Notre Dame is going to be really good next year. Notre Dame is going to be a top six team in the ACC. You can book that right now, and I hate to steal something like that from John Rothstein because he annoys the fuck out of me. But you can book that Notre Dame is going to be a top six team in 1920, <clears throat> not in 2019, 2020. Uh, Syracuse comes into the game yesterday, 313th in the country in three-point shooting, and they go 12 for 29 on the road. Uh, Notre Dame shoots 34.5% from the field. Okay, Syracuse shot better from deep than Notre Dame did from the field. That basically tells you what it is. It, it may be a long season for Notre Dame. I was, I'm, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them a little more time. We, hey, we can turn this thing around. And uh, we're going we're to see what happens. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in this in this um, program's coaching, certainly, with, with Belenis and Bray. 
And I'm, I'm, I, I'm still a buyer in their talent. Okay, Jawan Durham is one of the best defensive centers in the ACC. Uh, John Mooney, Temple Gibbs, DJ Harvey, Nate, Lazo- Nate Lashevsky, uh, our uh, formidable quartet. I think Dane Goodwin's a good player. I think Prentice Hub is a much better player than he has showed thus far. They just got to put it together. And you know, Bray had mentioned something yesterday about hitting the reset button, which you just you basically just wash it out. Okay, start from scratch. Find something that works. Find something that brings this roster together. You know, DJ Harvey's tremendously athletic. Hits hits difficult shots going towards the hoop. You know, not not a great three point shooter at this point. Temple Gibbs looks like he's coming out of his early season funk. You, you got to get Hub going though, because when Hub gets going, it gives them the ability to run more things on offense, and and you get Gibbs off the ball, which is, I think where he needs to be. But right now he's stuck handling the ball. Because you can't really trust Hub's decision making, and you can't trust his shooting. You know he can he can he's out there because he's talented and he's a player. And right now, I think Dane Goodwin's going to start to eat his minutes a little bit. I would not be shocked to see Dane Goodwin start over Prentice Hub in the next game. That'll be something to keep your eye on uh, this coming week. Uh, for today's games, which is Sunday, January 6th, Miami travels to Louisville. That's the only game on the docket today. But Louisville's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I like Louisville here to cover and to win by probably double digits. Uh, the Cardinals are just going to keep running guards and players at the Hurricanes, who are, again, incredibly thin, Okay, just seven scholarship players. Quan Ford, Darius Perry, you know, both going to be harassing Chris Likes and Zach Johnson. Christian Cunningham will be out there as well. Probably getting the majority of the minutes, but I'm not sure if he's going to guard Likes. Um, I would put Quan Four on Chris Likes all day and make somebody else beat me. But we'll, we'll see how that goes because, you know, Four being on the court kind of prohibits Louisville from doing what they want to do on offense. And you got to get McMahon out there, okay? you got to get Sutton out there. Those are your shooters. Then Nora Williams. I, I just think that Louisville has too many players for 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 Miami to keep up. Miami might stick around until 16, 14 minutes left in the second half, and then I think Louisville's probably going to run away from them a little bit. Um, they, you know, Miami should have won the NC State game, just like I said the other night. It, it'll be interesting how they respond here, going on the road after a, a tough luck loss at home against a team that's deep and big and, and certainly well coached. It's going to be interesting to see how they how they respond to this game today. Well, not how they respond to this game today, because we're going to see how they respond to the game they played against NC State. We won't see how they respond to this game today until later this week, because I can't I'm not, I can't look into the future and tell you how they respond. That was a retarded grammatical error on my part. Okay, ACCBR Player of the Week, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Couldn't give it to Zion again. Can't I can't do it. I can't just you know. I could be Ken Palm and just give it to Zion every week from now until the end of time because he's probably going to be deservant of it. But I thought Alexander Walker was great in his first two games against the ACC competition this year. Um, 21 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2 steals. Not great peripheral numbers as far as uh, rebounds and assists. Hold on. But, uh, you know, he shot 81% from two-point range. Okay, this past week, 72.5% overall. I think most importantly, though, Virginia Tech's 2-0 in the ACC, winning games that they should win. Okay, and he is easily, far and away, their best player. Okay, he's an NBA lottery pick. He's long, lanky. Boston College put five different guys on him yesterday, and he blew by every single one of them. Um, You know, it'd be interesting to see. uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Duke, Virginia Tech, 
especially Duke, Virginia Tech, two teams that want to get up and down. Okay, I'm going to outscore you. No, I'm going to outscore you. Both of them play defense this year. Both of them play offense this year. What a, what a watch that's going to be. I can't wait. Um, speaking of things to watch, uh, games to watch this week, North Carolina goes to NC State on Tuesday night. I believe NC State beat them in Chapel Hill last year. So I think it was reversed last year. I think uh, Carolina won in Raleigh, and then NC State won in Chapel Hill. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if that trend holds. Uh, Clemson at Syracuse on Wednesday night. And then next weekend, you've got, again, a big slate. But uh, the two you really want to watch, Duke at Florida State, which Florida State has a, a tendency to uh, overplay and disrupt high-ranking Duke teams when they travel to Tallahassee. And Louisville goes to North Carolina, which is going to be an interesting game, I think. It's going to be it's going to be fun to see because both teams are pretty big. Um, you know, Jordan Awara on the road in Chapel Hill against the North Carolina team that still hasn't really figured it out defensively. It, it, is Louisville going to win that game? Probably not. But I think North Carolina, that's a... That might be a must-win for North Carolina because there are a lot of people out there that are doubting this Carolina team. And I, I said it before, I think that even, I don't care what the AP rankings say right now, um, North Carolina's a better team than Virginia Tech. I still like them to win. I mean, see what look what they did yesterday. Kenny Williams still not playing well, not playing great. Um, but, you know, Luke May not playing well, as well as he did last year, 17-11 yesterday. Kobe White is really figuring it out with 22 yesterday. He was absolutely fantastic. I just, I, I, I'm a still a believer in North Carolina. I'm uh, that Duke Florida State game is a, is a, is the most interesting game of the of the entire week. I think I, I think that's pretty safe to say. And then uh, Clemson at Syracuse on Wednesday night. It'll be interesting to see how Clemson bounces back. They they've got the shooters to to play against that zone. We're just gonna we're gonna see what they do. I again last year was an aberration for Brad Brownell. I'm not a Brad Brownell believer. He got his extension. Now Marquise Reed is kind of, I don't know if he's 100%, but he looks good, but I don't know if he's 100%, and he's going to lose all these guys. They're going to be bad next year, but we'll, we'll see. This, this is why I'm actually blocked by Clemson. This right here, this this bullshit. All right. Uh, for those of you who may not have been paying attention this week, the ACCBasketballReport.com, I have a new contributor to the site. His name is Charlie Monolakis, and he is a recent graduate from UNC. He is a UNC fan. He is a self-proclaimed Ken Palm junkie. He is a guy who is developing his own metrics. And, you know, he's a pretty smart kid. He uh, came right out of the gate, wrote 2,000 words on his first day. Didn't do fantastic with his picks, but he is another guy who's going to provide. I don't really do the analytics. I don't really do point spreads all that much. But, uh, you know, he's going to provide another aspect to ACCBR. Um, and it's going to take a little bit of the load off me from, from writing on the website. I get to concentrate on the podcast. I'm going to have him on the podcast at some point. And, uh, you know, I want to see I want to see his opinions a little bit more, get a feel for, for where he's at. Um through his writing first, and then he'll he'll probably be a regular on the podcast. We're going to talk about some games. We're going to talk about you know, so hopefully some points and counterpoints. Hopefully he doesn't share my thoughts on everything because that would be incredibly boring. 
But, uh, you know, I'm just kind of getting to know him now and uh, look for his stuff on ACCBasketballReport.com in the future. And, you know, I wasn't just looking for one, okay? You guys, if you guys want to contribute to the website, all you got to do is send me an email. You know, look on, uh, what is it, CMono8, CMonolacus8, I think, on Twitter. And uh, follow, give Charlie a follow. All he did was send me an email. Hey, can I be a contributor? Here's a writing sample. I looked at it. Sure. You know, I'll give anybody a shot. I'm going to edit your stuff. I'm not going to edit the tone or, or the message, but, you know, grammatically and, and sentence structure and things like that. <coughs> but uh, I'm still looking for more people. If you think you know about ACC basketball, if you're an insider, if you play DFS, if you like to break down games post-game, pre-game, uh, recruiting, anything like that. If you think you've got knowledge and, and a passion and, and something to contribute and you don't mind putting yourself out there for, you know, however many views or hits per month and, and me tweeting out your stuff for the whole world to see, shoot me an email with a writing sample, okay? ACCBasketballReport at gmail.com. I'm not going to interview you, okay? I'm not, you know, we're not going to do a 40-minute thing on hangouts where i ask you about what you want to do when you grow up if you want to be an astronaut or a fireman or a fireman astronaut and hey i'll give you a shot and i you know i've tried to convince and and have some other people contribute to the website and sometimes it's just not their thing but if it is your thing let me know and i'll bring you on and i'll i'll put it out there and we'll we'll see what happens um don't forget, like, rate, review, share, retweet the podcast, okay? Visit Slap the Sign and ACCBasketballReport.com for written content. And what else? It's here, people. ACC Basketball is here. It's in full swing. Um, week 2 should be very interesting. Check out those games. Check out the websites. Check out Charlie on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report.